Hey, this is Chase Atlantic, and you're listening to Rock Sound Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. Welcome back to the Rock Sound Podcast. We've had a couple of weeks away with some very special things happening. But for any of that, I'm Will Cross, junior editor at the magazine. Tamsin Wills, how are you? I'm good. I'm very sleepy. <laughs> but um, yes, I'm having a wonderful week. It's nice to be back. It's nice to see your faces again. Jack's already laughing, so it's going well. <laughs> well um, yeah, likewise. And he's not put sugar in my tea, so... Yes, Tamsin's not very happy. So if I'm asleep by the end of the (laughs) recording, then you know why. (laughs) Jack Rogers? Sugar doesn't belong in tea. It definitely does. This is like a northern-southern divide. Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, and, yeah, like sugar, sugar. I might cue a good cup of tea one day. Um, (laughs) But, whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm very well, Will. Um, It's been a... Been a cool couple of weeks, hasn't it? Been like, hefty, yeah. Yeah, uh, and hefty, just and like the awards themselves. Oh, yeah. exactly. They yeah. are so heavy. They are proper heavy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then like yeah, Christmas, eh? Yeah. Yay for Christmas! <laughs> the most forced smile. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a really really good couple of weeks. So the Rock Sound Awards, powered by EMP.co.uk. All of our feature length podcasts with our winners are online now. They're on our SoundCloud page. They're on our iTunes account. Get involved with all of them. Brilliant stuff feature length chats with the likes of fallout boy and all time low while she sleeps the main one okay rock all kinds of stuff and of course awards.rocksound.tv the place to go are very very special limited edition individual covers in our Roxanne awards bundles available right now featuring all kinds of stuff including limited edition interviews photos posters from their Roxanne award cover shoots special Roxanne awards sticker all kinds of stuff. Top 50 releases of 2017. Absolutely amazing stuff. So awards.roxanne.tv. So this week we have an absolute blockbuster as our final episode 2017. Absolutely amazing stuff for Christmas. We've got Slam Dunk headliners, Good Charlotte, chat with Joel and Benji Madden. We've got Movements, Patrick Miranda. And we've got X Ask Alexandria frontman, Dennis Stoff, dropping all kinds of exclusives. Amazing stuff. Stay tuned. But first time's in the news. Tom DeLonge has hinted that he and Travis Barker are working together on something very mysterious. From Tom DeLonge? Mysterious? Never. Never. Never a thing. <laughs> Aliens and things. If you want to know more, check out Tom's Instagram. Palais Royale are teasing new music for February 2018, which is going to be big. Tonight Alive have dropped the video for Crack My Heart. Against Currents, Chrissy Costanza is set to feature on the new Dashboard Confessional album, Crooked Shadows, which I am stoked about. Yes. My Chemical Romance's Danger Days has been certified gold. I don't really know why it wasn't already, but that, there we go. Crime. <laughs> De- Dennis Stoff and Caleb Showman have been dropping exclusives on their website about asking Alexandria, Beartooth and respective new music, but more on that later on in the show and in the coming weeks. And finally, Slam Dunk have announced nine amazing new bands, including Paris, Real Friends, Creeper, Thursday, Knucklepuck, Franco and the Rattlesnakes, Every Time I Die, Crown the Empire, and co-headliners, Good Charlotte. Yes. So that leads us into our very first interview. Of course, Joel and Benji Madden played an amazing 
sold out show at the Brixton Academy a couple of weeks back. We caught up with both of them to chat all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we talked the uh, the new Christmas EP that they've surprise dropped to GC Christmas Part 1. So much fun. Headline Slam Dunk 2018, of course, alongside Jimmy Eat World. Had a chat about Good Morning Revival, absolute classic in the GC Legacy, which is 10 years old this year. And also chatting about their Madden company, developing artists with no genre rules and kind of giving back to the industry that, uh, you know, that they remain a massive and influential force in. So, uh, yeah, here we go. It's our chat with Joel and Benji Madden of the Brilliant Good Charlotte. So, uh, Joel, Benji, thank you so much for joining us on the Roxanne podcast. Thanks, glad to be here. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Awesome to have you guys on. So, uh, GC Christmas Part 1. Surprise EP. Uh, Where did the idea for it come from? I think, like, we've talked about it for years. Like, we always wanted to record some Christmas songs, and we kind of had, like, a couple around that were, like, roughly recorded, and they just weren't done right. And so we, you know, I mean, now, for the last, um, was it going on three years now? Yeah. We we bought a studio in LA that's really incredible uh, where our, our management offices are and everything. And we're like, man, we have this incredible studio. Might as well just record them. Yeah, let's do, you know, so. Yeah, it wasn't really a big thought process. We were just like, we've always wanted to put some Christmas songs out. Had a little extra time. And like, we feel like, I don't know who came up with part one, because I feel like, I guess, we're going to do it again next year. <laughs> yes, we Maybe are. Maybe the year after. <laughs> so is it going to be part two, part three, part four? I don't know. Maybe it should just be the year we release them because, like, when you look at Christmas pictures, you're like, oh, that was 2012. I'm going to be honest with you. When um, my assistant asked me when we were doing the paperwork for the – she was like, hey, what's the title of this? I I just said – I may have picked the wrong title. The the, the title sucks. (laughs) But, you know, it's like we didn't put a Well, you were at soccer practice. Yeah. And I was (laughs) – that's just kind of like it's not something that I think artistically we're like it's just like oh Christmas songs okay enjoy it's not alright listen to be fair I do pretty well on the album titles so I messed the Christmas one up alright but also it's not like it's not like something we're selling it's like yeah we're putting Christmas songs out there yeah and you know, we're probably doing and another one And we are going to do another one next year. No, I know. I'm down to do another one next year. <laughs> but we can't call it part two. It's pretty ambitious to go like we're, this is going to be a thing. Where it's three songs. I think yeah. it's pretty easy. It's a big commitment <laughs> to record three Christmas songs every year. It doesn't say when part two has to come. It doesn't have to come next year. It could be come the year after. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for whatever. I, I showed up. I sang. I sang on the songs, and I was down. I mean, look, uh, Last Christmas is a very interesting song to sing. It's different. Like, there was a – it's like a – it was a little bit of a challenge, actually. Like, weirdly, as simple as that song sounds, it's like there's a – delivery there that was like really you know but like i'm down i like i've always liked that merry christmas to everyone out there and hope you guys enjoy the christmas songs there was not a whole lot of thought put into it (laughs) other than like let's put some good christmas good vibes good vibes good fun good vibes yeah Yeah, definitely well yeah definitely you can definitely hear it i mean like kicking off with last christmas then was that just a nice way of paying tribute to george and just it's an absolute classic and yeah how, how was that to record i think it was really nice to uh, pay a little tribute to George, uh, and it you know it's interesting. Like it was a good challenge for me artistically. Like he had a style that is really you can't you can't emulate it. Yeah, it's really hard to. So um, it it was like I said, strangely like a, a challenging song to kind of learn and and then deliver in your own way that hopefully is okay. 
Um, but I really enjoyed the final product, like listening to the song back. I was like, oh, it's nice to sing Christmas songs. You feel good. You're doing it for no other reason than like the holiday spirit. Literally, like that's it. There's no there, there's no win out of a Christmas song that you like as a band. There's no uh, version of it's doing just good vibes. It's just like so for me, like it feels good to do that just for the sake of doing music for a good feeling um was nice and we hope people get a little extra and then the other two um songs there are originals so yeah because gonna ask chris was by the phone classic good charlotte rarity did you kind of just want to give it a modern spin and just have a bit of fun well, with we it because when i finish it, it. yeah cause it, <laughs> to me like it was like a it was a gc rarity but it, it was an acoustic take that was just done literally and like, on the fly you know on the fly in like 30 minutes and like I really wanted, I I've always liked it, and I was like, we really need to actually go in the studio and record it for real. So that was the point, you know. Yeah, definitely, because that was from uh, Run Self-Titled, mm-hmm. era, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. And Let the World Be Still as well, which you did the Madden Brothers yeah. as well. Again, did you want to kind of just give it the sort of the good Charlotte spin? Yeah, because well, yeah. we GC do, version. Because yeah. we talk about like the Madden Brothers stuff is so different, mm. and we were like, some of the Madden Brothers stuff could translate to Good Charlotte, and. And we just like, what if we, what if we took it in and did it like, you know, in the good Charlotte way? And it, it's cool. It feels good. Yeah, definitely. No, no, it's a lot of fun to listen to. And I mean, as well, you know, just being announced for Slam Dunk as well. Uh, excited for that. Big really, show. Yeah, really excited. Very excited. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, I, I mean, Slam Dunk's so cool because it, it just continues to grow and just the vibe just continues to really. I think just feels like to solidify is just one of is one. Feels of these. very like pop punk centric too, which I really like. It's uh, one of the only. Any chance to, you know, I mean, uh, Jimmy Eat World's playing, and, and it's it's always great. You know, we've been crossing paths with them. It's great to play shows with them. Uh, you know, Sirens. I mean, this is, it's going to be it's going to be a great lineup. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, going into 2018 as well. You know, I mean, the rumblings. Now you've been working on a new record. I mean, is that kind of is that kind of the plan, or are you guys just kind of seeing if a record comes, record comes kind of thing? There's definitely some new music kicking around. There's definitely some vibes. You know. Um, We've definitely been getting inspired, uh, so I would I would not be surprised if uh, if we are dropping new music in in the new year. Oh wow, very exciting! And in terms of like youth authority, is it some of the vibes from that album, or will it be sort of new stuff, or like how's it sounding? Feels like it's going um, somewhere new. It's hard to say yeah. though. Yeah, it's I mean, not youth authority. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's not. I love you, Authority, but like it, I don't even know if we can explain it yet. Yeah, it's just new, something, something different. Very exciting. I mean, you know, we've always been on one. Like, if you listen to all of our albums, yeah. I mean, does any one of them sound the same? No. <laughs> yeah, you know. So that's just us, man. You know, we've always looked up. You know, for me, like I always kind of like admired the Beastie Boys. You know, like I mean, they they just didn't have a they didn't have a box. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the way we've always felt in good charlotte we just don't want to be boxed in by anyone and if people make us feel like they think we should go right we're we're gonna go left you know that's just how we roll you know so um it's hard to say i I don't even know if we we have it's cool it's a vibe for sure though we definitely feel like it's in a direction i think we'll probably announce something soon once we figure out what we should say about it what yeah what it is like what's what's happening Awesome stuff. And I mean, as well, 10-year anniversary of Good Morning Revival as well. Listening back to that album now, how's that in sort of 10 years on? Is it, because I mean, again, like certain, such an, it's an eclectic album, you know, it's like, it's really, it's a real standout in the GC, you know, legacy. How does it feel listening back now? 
Um, still one of my favorite records. I think we were young. And Again, we, we were trying to go left, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. everybody wanted us to make another... Like I think yeah. I I I I think like a song like "Keep Your Hands Off My Girl" wasn't as widely accepted at the time from us, but now I feel like it would be. It's weird, um, but um, I feel like that record was good for us. We were we were just kids and we were trying to push ourselves to do something that was pop, but was still us, and it was rock, and it was like I don't know. We were pushing ourselves to try and be you know bigger and, and greater it's, a, it's so. a good question it's like you know self-titled young and hopeless chronicles i think each one of those records has its own identity and then it's like how do you make your fourth album stand out how do you make your fifth album stand out and, and even now it's like you know we're going on album seven how do you make your seventh album stand out every single time you have to approach every album to its to make it special it's to its have its own identity and not everyone's always going to understand that at the time. And when you think back to 2007, right? In 2007, you know, the music hadn't changed yet. You know, when you think about things like Dance Floor Anthem or The River or, uh, you know, uh, Keep Your Hands Off My Girl. I mean, even dance music hadn't hit yet. You know, I mean, like it was it yeah, was just was starting. the you EDM know, stuff. Yeah, it was, it was just before the EDM stuff. And I think like we were in this, this headspace of... of um, you know, we, we were we were more excited by shit that was different, and I think like uh, that's just who we are, man. You know, I think like like you know, I'm excited about Chase Atlantic. When you listen to Chase Atlantic, there's no one else like them, you know. And and it, it, two years from now, that's going to be the biggest band in the world. Just mark my words. Watch and and that's just like us. Like we're just like, we're excited about like the next and like the, the, new the, the new the new shit. You know, like always have been, and I think that. Sometimes that that can um, be a bit misunderstood by you know. It, it all kind of adds up to us just being us. Yeah, definitely. Because well, leading into that as well, because with Madden, you know, we mentioned Chase Atlantic. You know, you guys are putting a company together that's so eclectic. You know, you've got so many different bands who are really pushing the envelope. How's that to kind of you know be putting together? Is it really really exciting, especially that you love that you know as as individuals yourselves? I think we're just fans. We we really have the uh, unique opportunity to work with incredible artists that we're fans of, and I think we thousand percent just we, fans, and we. We just we have a company of really amazing people who work really hard and who share our same values. All of us kind of believe in what we're doing, um, but it's more than just me and Benj kind of sitting there picking bands. Like we have these incredible people that are out in the world that are music industry professionals who know what they're doing, and they uh, work. They they have in their own right uh, their own talents, and, and and I think we just gravitate as fans you, to the music you, we love. You you just find you, yeah you you just find shit that you just can't stop listening to. Mm. You know, water parks. You, you remember we, the first time we heard water parks? It was a YouTube video, and then we just start watching all their YouTube videos and couldn't. We were obsessed. Yeah, just couldn't take our eyes off of them. And I'm know? still obsessed with them. Like, they just have their own take on things, and and they're unapologetically themselves. I think we're just. I think I, I gravitate to artists that I want to be like that have that kind of confidence to just be themselves. So, yeah, and you know, I think it does come down to just being fans. And 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 at the same time, though, we are you know the the kind of captains of the ships, and we do have to try and steer the right direction in a general direction. And our whole thing is like, can we make the music business more fair? 
can we make the music business more leaning in the art in the direction of the artist? Can we can we have any impact on the way this business works? Because for the longest time, this has been a business of artists getting taken advantage of. So how can we make any impact there? Well, one career at a time. So if we can help, you know, um, water parks or Sleeping with Sirens or Chase Atlantic or Good Charlotte or Hollywood Undead or any of the guys we work with who are all these incredible artists, and that's our our standard is. It's like we really have to be inspired by these people to, 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 to bleed for them, you know? And how do we make the music business a better place? It's one artist at a time, one conversation at a time, one record at a time, and it's always just... And our artists know, too, we're not like... We're not their managers. We're, their, we're actually... We're all peers, you know what I mean? And it's all just a group effort to fight this battle every single day and just try and make it... A better situation for everyone involved, and, and they'll inspire other artists out there. You know, so you know that's the way it works. Is it'll all it all just kind of ripples, and so hopefully, all artists talk. You know, we 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 feel equally as, as lucky to just to be able to have these guys in our life. You know what I mean? Because um, it's kind of destroying the old industry idea of like the manager and the label and the important people that are going to change your life. It's, it's all not about how it works. It's all about the artists. The artists make incredible music. They go out and they tour and they play shows and, and they work really hard and you know it takes a village. So it is about all of us working together. It is about the label. It is about the manager. But it's about everyone understanding each other's value and kind of right-sizing it all so that everyone appreciates each other. Everyone there, there's a version of this where everybody kind of uh, is fair to one another and they don't take advantage of each other and they don't end up hating each other and, um, there's some longevity that's yeah that's the, the that's the relationship that we've had with our band for you know 22 years now and and, and it's it's time tested is just communication and just respecting each other and just all great success and great careers is built on hard work you know and believing in yourself and and the highs and the lows and sticking through all of them and everyone in the music business on either side whether it's someone who works in magazines or at labels or or publishing everybody knows highs and lows everybody that's been in this business for a long time have had their moments and all of us have and so teaching artists how to have sustainable lives that they can do their music and they can have the kind of life they want to have through the highs and the lows, to me is the most important thing. Is like, is is kind of get rid of the hype, and just kind of the real part of this is make your music and your art and and the things you believe in, and you know, create, tour, do the things you love, but while keeping your your life and your integrity and your soul intact, you know. And so that's what we try to do, and everybody at our company does, and all the bands. We all kind of agree on that. Doesn't mean we agree on everything all the time, but we're all people. But I think in general, like we all believe in a better way and like we figure it out as we go. 100%. Guys, perfect place to end. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Amazing stuff. Yeah, as I said, I think the main thing about Good Charlotte is, you know, they're such an influential, important band and they're still so massive and they've got such a devoted fan base. And seeing that at Brixton a few weeks ago, man, it was it was amazing being a fan of that band for so long. Jack? Yeah, that Brixton show was great. Um, and Good Charlotte are brilliant. Good Charlotte were my first ever album and it's just mad still to see them in 2017 playing those songs. Um, 
But the thing is, I spoke to I spoke to Joel a few weeks ago about Chronicles of Life and Death, and he said in that how they've never like conformed to what everyone else wants them to be. Like if they if someone says to them go right, they'll go left, and that's what's <clears throat> that's kind of the reason that Good Charlotte have stayed so fresh and so relevant through his time. I just wanted to pick up mainly because for one, like the Christmas EP, it kind of feels right. Like their choices, like. They do last Christmas good just a lot of justice, but mainly the Good Morning Revival stuff, which was I love how they were saying that it was at a time where dance music, which is true, dance music wasn't the behemoth that it is today, and they created that crossover, which was looking back before its time, and it's only when you look back over that and you go, yeah, it actually was like no one else was doing what they were doing then. And it was the same on Young and Hopeless. No one was doing what they were doing. Like, they kicked something else off and did, did the same with Chronicles. And just hearing them, like, be able to talk, look back over that and just know, you know, like, they're a really, they're a confident duo, and but they're confident because they know what they've created and what they've done is something quite special. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's coming through in their work around the industry as well. I mean, you know, you know, working alongside bands from Chase Atlantic to Architects to Waterparks, it shows, you know, what a handle they have on the industry as a whole and kind of, you know, that idea that we've talked about a lot on the show that genres are becoming less and less of a thing. And I think that's really, really important that people of their influence are kind of in with that. Tam's in? Yeah, um, I, really, I really enjoyed that little chat about like, you know, giving back to, giving back to the music and just even you know discovering water parks on youtube and they were just like we just became massive fans of them and we had to work with them and it's it's kind of crazy when you think back to like 10 15 years ago when they were kind of just this like weird emo pop punk don't really know what they were but they were sick band um just creating bangers left right and center and now they've become one of the most like powerful and influential like duo and like in the industry and obviously you know they work with sirens as well as developing all the smaller artists as well um and just like look at when you if you go on the madden website and just looking at the roster and the artists they work with like it's insane and they and you know you've got everything from water parks and like bop central <laughs> to heavier acts as well um so it's it's really cool to kind of see you know being in a, you don't just have to be in a band. You can you can build like a business out of it, a, a whole life out of it. You can have your own studios in LA, and just be like the coolest dudes ever. Yeah. Like, I, like I've seen I've seen Good Charlotte a few times at festivals and stuff over the past few years, and they're all just they're just really cool still. Like they and they they know that people want to hear lifestyles of the rich and the famous. They want to hear the anthem and like the old school bangers that you know a lot of people they turn up to watch them and then they go. But they they play on it so well. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember seeing them like on, on the pit stage in Reading, and they were like, "We know what you're here for. Yeah, like, we're yeah. gonna make yeah. you wait for it." Yeah. And they dragged <laughs> that encore out so long. And they were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll give, it, we'll do it, we'll do it." It's yeah. fine. But the thing about that is, like, it's so much I respect about them that so many bands, you know, who do ten year anniversaries of stuff like when they could have been doing the 10 year anniversary of like the album, they were making new music yeah. and they're like doing something else. And they were like, well, we're not going to play on that because they, they know what people want to see, but also they incorporate it in such a way. Like when bands do career spine sets, it's kind of like, oh, well, we will do this and then that. But this is like an actual, like they know their fans. They know what their fans like. They've listened to them. They respond to them. Like 
they're some of the most active people online as well. Like, yeah. shout out to the Madden's Flight helping us out in so many ways and like supporting what we do at the magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like they understand yeah, when, they where so it. many people don't, and yeah. I think I think that's why. Like they're just lovely guys as yeah. well, and like that's why they're still around and still so relevant. Like. 20 years into their career yeah it's such a feat and I mean like you say I mean that set list was absolutely perfect to British you know it was kind of like you know what you guys have said it's almost like looking back and looking forward it's just like five bangers from Young and Hopeless and then it just ducked and weaved into every album you know from Youth Authority all the way back to the self-titled album and it's just like man like that's it's such that as I say they've got such a handle on on how to kind of treat your your legacy so well but also be really forward thinking and innovative and that's really rare so yeah massive shout to good charlotte brilliant stuff jack um it's list of questions but with a christmas tinge um ho 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 <laughs> so first we have uh mogajog 1288 who's asked what our personal favorite album of 2017 was and mine was Overexposed by Sleep On It, which I've just learned that Tamsin hasn't heard and it's really annoyed me. I've heard um, like 50% of it. There's just been a lot of music to process yeah, this but, year. Yeah, but a lot- The thing is, it's saved in my phone. I've got it saved like so I can listen to it whenever but I- It's on your phone. Yeah, well, no, but this is like, as I was explaining to you earlier, I feel like to really do the Sleep On It album, Justin, because I know it's going to be really good as well. I feel like I need to just take an hour to myself and just like yeah. really That's fair enough. take yeah, yeah. it in. And I haven't really had that recently. Well, I mean- I'm a very busy person, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to anyway. why you love it. <clears throat> Basically, it, it is an album which you should spend time with because the more that I listen to it, the more it gets under your skin. Like... Sleep on it, they're kind of like, um, they bring together all the best things which were about like early, like mid to late 2000s pop punk and emo. Like it's so, it feels so reminiscent, but so fresh and so considered and it's very hopeful music. Like in, in a genre which is often like about being downtrodden, this is about like getting better and being like the best person you can and they do it in such a way where you just can't help but like feel something through this album like it's it's just stunning that's a banger i'm gonna go for the gospel youth always lose because if you love sleep on it you'll love the gospel youth if you love the gospel youth you'll love sleep on it um just loads of like there's it's there's a really good mix like there's pop punk bangers in there but there's a lot of like emotional there's like piano intros and um, there's a lot of emotion and feeling in, in the songs um, and I think the whole album just really flows well together as well um, and I it is, it is one I can put on and just listen from start to finish and I don't feel like I have to skip any songs or it's just it's pretty much flawless for me and Sam's voice is like and Sam's voice an angel is, yeah it's caramel old school we're on sound podcast joke love it um nice i'm gonna go with the feast in the panic by neck deep my absolute runaway album of the year this year i'll never forget hearing this album we've talked about the podcast before when uh, their pr mark brought it in and man just knocked me for six like i mean i've always loved neck deep right from the start but i feel this is when they really took that step up and i think everyone out there or you guys listening probably agree with me on this by judging on you know all your reactions 
over the year. Uh, it's just an absolute, I think it's going to go down as a modern classic. You know, In Bloom is one of the biggest rock songs of recent years. Uh, they actually played at Emo Night last Friday and it sounded absolutely massive. It's um, song of the year by a long, long way, in my opinion. But then, you know, you've got Don't Wait and you've got Motion Sickness and you've got all kinds of stuff on the 1970-something. Where do we go and we go? Heavy Lies. It's just such an eclectic, mixed bag, amazing album. And I think it kind of goes within the pop punk genre and then just throws it into all kinds of things, into the stratosphere. It's absolutely amazing. Big up, Nick Deep. Sick. Uh, good year, yeah? Oh, big um, uh, Cripsy things, which that's how you spell crispy. Um, as asked, what album were you kicking off start of 2018? And mine is, I feel as though if it was released this year, it would have been my album of the year. But it's... Um, Exits. Oh, fuck. oh, I knew you. Oh, of course. <laughs> are I literally you, just got fit- the release date up on my phone. So <laughs> Have you got the same answer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The I like the. I was between two, so I'll give my oh. other one. Okay, so right. you you talk about the excerpts and how brilliant they are because okay, okay. they are. Uh, mine is the new excerpts album, which has been a long time coming. If you weren't, if you aren't familiar with the excerpts. Um, they should be your favourite band, really. Um, like, they're, f- they're a band who, for every single album they release, has been a modern classic, but this one just takes it up to the next level. Hold On To Your Heart is just a step up completely. Like, it's it's perfect rock songs, which, with a bit of a retro twist to it, like, a lot of this album, it's very, um, like, 80s influence, like... I love a saxophone. There's two saxophones in this. Every track on this album, it's just stunning. Like I've been told off for playing it as much <laughs> yeah, as I, I am, because um, like, it's just it's just a constant. It's the closest thing to probably what love feels like in musical form. Seeing as Jack saw my original answer, <laughs> I am gonna go with an album that I've actually spoken about on the podcast before, and how excited I am for it to drop. And it's the Dangerous Summers upcoming album, which Ooh, is out yeah. at the end of January. Um, if you if you don't know about the Dangerous Summer, again with exits, like get to know. They're, they're get to know. <laughs> <laughs> the album they released a few years ago. I say a few years ago. It's probably like 10 years ago now. I don't even want to think about Reach for the Sun is still one of my go-to albums. It's a, like a masterpiece um, in kind of like emotional alternative pop rock. There's, it, they're quite hard to label as a band, but they, they were such a good band for, for quite a few years. And then they just kind of decided to go off and do their own things and start families. And um, there were like a few riffs between the band and you know it, they kind of just parted ways and just didn't really you know do anything and the 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 future of the dangerous summer was in jeopardy <laughs> but now <laughs> but uh in 2017 they got back together they got in the studio they wrote some songs and i am very 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 excited to hear the outcome of it sick big up the plot in you with their album dispose uh talking of underrated bands bands getting their dues um this band of just like especially over in the uk like they've just kind of been so underrated um their last album happiness and self-destruction is uh it's up there in terms of heavy albums like it's up there with absolute best in the past few years because it's a complete mix has that kind of there is a hell feel of like being total like brutally heavy along with a lot of kind of experimental and melodic stuff and dispose is just this complete leap from that it's this kind of amazing completely unique kind of 
it's like almost if you're into things like Sempaternal by Bring Me the Horizon and that's the spirit and you kind of want maybe that's the spirit you want something a little bit heavier uh, this is absolutely for you it's like club ready but then it's got a ton of heavy kind of distortion on it and there's a lot of electronics and strings and it's absolutely amazing and their frontman Landon he's one of my favourite lyricists out there man like honestly this album like you know these guys say get to know honestly the pot and you get to know like get to know <laughs> Dispose is out in February and man like two tracks online at the moment it's just like it's unlike anything out there honestly I can't stress how good this album is it's, it's almost hard to describe actually but um, yeah honestly this album this is the one sick uh, and final question uh, it's from at RyanBird87 I recognise that um, that name rings a bell our, um, our oh captain my captain uh, Ryan Bird has asked what our favourite Spineshank album is and I, I mean I've got to say it's the best of Spineshank <laughs> uh, I'm going high to callousness because I am one of Ryan's new metal soldiers fair dues good work everyone Will <laughs> So, as mentioned previously, the Rock Sound Awards, powered by UK, are happening. They are very much still on sale. It's been absolutely amazing. Awards.rocksound.tv. Head there right now to get your Rock Sound Award bundle. All 10 limited edition covers with all 10 of our very special winners. That includes Fallout Boy, Monica Rock and Paris, and Neck Deep, While She Sleeps. All kinds of stuff. Exclusive interviews, posters from their Rock Sound Awards cover shoots, Rock Sound Awards sticker, the top 50 releases of 2017, so much more. The full feature-length podcast with our winners are online now man honestly it's so exciting to be doing all this to have revealed everything and just to see all you guys reactions out there absolutely amazing so awards.rocksound.tv amazing stuff um spotify players as well an updated rock sound chart follow us on spotify to check that out absolutely amazing who's number one at the moment jack Crack My Heart by Tonight Alive. Oh, banger. Big stuff. And our Scuzz TV show, the Roxanne Awards episode, is now on daily on Scuzz. So check that out as well. Absolutely massive stuff. Interview two. So a band that seems to be uh, capturing people's hearts in 2017. Uh, Movements. So a lot of cool for them online. And we were like, well, like, great band. Their album feels something's a banger. Let's chat to frontman Patrick Miranda and find out, you know, exactly what movements are all about. So we did that. And, uh, man, Patrick was just so brilliant. Like, he talked about emotion in music and having a proper message with music and how important that is. And just kind of delved into the album and feel something, the stories behind it, and even things like performance poetry and some really unusual things. Yeah, talking about you unique bands like the plot and you earlier man like movements are definitely in that field as well so uh yeah i'm gonna shut up this is patrick miranda from movements here we go so going into feel something then you know it's a hugely emotional album you touch on a series of very heavy topics across it in terms of it being a debut album for you guys and you know it's come off a lot of success you know you did warp this year and there's there's been a lot of buzz like did you want the album to be an extremely emotional listen was that kind of the main mission statement with it I mean, that's sort of the goal, I think, with all of our music that we've ever created. You know, um, everything that I write is from, like, an honest, like, genuine place. You know, I write about the things that I've been through or the things that I deal with in my life. And um, a lot of those things aren't necessarily, like, happy, you know. Uh, We write kind of sad music in general. um, And we write music that has sort of, like, a pretty heavy emotional weight to it. but yeah, I think that's really, really important because, you know, for me, like growing up, you know, like all the music that I really connected to and the music that I like found sort of like a solidarity in, um, was like the music that was more, uh, sad and like dealt with like, you know, just kind of the heavier things in life. And for, you know, like 
for a kid, like dealing with whatever it is that you deal with when you're growing up, like being able to know that you're not alone in what you're going through and that like there's somebody else who feels the same way as you do and like they're putting it into this music, like it helps you connect on such a deeper level, you know? And um, I think I've always wanted to accomplish that with my own music. And uh, so, yeah, so that was like a big, that was a big thing for Feel Something. Um, and I wanted to make sure that everything that I was writing was um, just honest, you know, and that I was speaking truthfully. And, you know, I used my, my music as sort of a way to, um, I guess, talk about the things that I don't necessarily like to talk about just in day-to-day conversation. You know, I, I don't really like, you know, sitting down and talking out my, my feelings or my problems or whatever it might be. And so I use music as a way to sort of get the things out that I need to say so that it helps me feel better. You know, it's sort of like a therapeutic thing. So, um, yeah, ultimately I think the goal for this record was just to speak honestly and speak truthfully and hopefully be able to connect to people who understand what it is that I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. No, no, I totally agree. Because, I mean, you know, songs like Third Degree and Colorblind, you know, they're, they're very emotional listens. And, I, I mean, do you think that's the most important thing about music in general, you know, to allow people to, to to make connections with these things, to be able to address, you know, things that, like you say, you know, you might not feel comfortable doing it in a normal conversation, and then allowing people who might feel the same way to make connections in that sense. Is that kind of, do you think that's the most kind of amazing, powerful thing about music in general? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's something so incredible about being able to just like, again, have that solidarity with another human being and and be able to connect with another human being on a deeper emotional level, because, um, you know, I I feel like there's so much music that is just so fake or like so forced. Um, a lot of times it's like gimmicky and like, I always have, um, sort of just not respected like those types of bands or that type of music. Um, and, I think it's really, really important to have music um, that means something and that, that uh, really helps you, um, you know, not just, not just listen to to the music, but feel it, you know, and understand it. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think that's super, super important. I think that music, you know, is incredible because of its, um, you know, healing power and its ability to just take all of us who are kind of going through this crazy thing that is the human experience um, and, you know, have us come together in, in a really special emotional way. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, songs like 19, you know, and Kept from, from Outgrown Things, did you kind of want to expand on, on what you were doing on those tracks and see what else you could do with the movement sound on this album? Because as I say, you know, those songs hit very, very hard lyrically as well. And, I mean, did you kind of want to want to see how you could spread that across a full album? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, 19 in particular is, like, probably... I think the song that most people who listen to movements can relate to the most, just because our fan base are around the age for the most part where, you know, that is a a big issue, like dealing with, um, you know, what it is that you want to do with your life versus what your parents want you to do with your life. Um, and you know, the, the issues that come from that and like the sort of disconnect that you can oftentimes have with parental figures. Um, you know, I think that's, where a lot of our fan base is like really like they connect with that because it's like, damn, like I feel this, you know, like I get what you're saying. Um, and I, I definitely like, it was hard for the full length because, um, I feel like, it, like there was so much pressure to kind of outdo what we had done on outgrown things. Like, I don't think any of us really realized how much outgrown things was going to impact, um, 
the people who listened to it. And like, I didn't think any of us like knew that we were going to, um, I guess like blow up for lack of a better word, um, as much as we did on this EP. So for the full length, you know, writing it was really like nerve wracking because I was like, damn, like, are we going to be able to outdo like this EP? Like, did we set the bar too high? Um, so like, I really like tried to, um, like really dig deep into like my life and my emotions and, and write about the things that I thought were going to be the most impactful, uh, but while still staying honest, you know, and, and, and not trying to fabricate anything because I wanted it all to be real. So, um, yeah, I tried my best to like really still expand upon those things. And I think that deadly dole, for instance, on, on feel something is probably, um, right up there with 19 as far as like emotional impact, you know, um, I think that it is sort of the 19 of this full length because again, it's one of those songs that a lot of people, not even, not even just our, you know, fans age demographic. I mean, this goes deeper than any, any age demographic, you can be any age and still know what it's like to struggle with watching, you know, somebody that you love deal with Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, so I really wanted to just make sure that no matter what it was on this record, whatever it was that we were writing about that, like, it was relatable and um, that it meant something. So yeah, yeah I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, absolutely does. No, 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 that, that's very, very cool. I, I mean, yeah, with those songs, you know, in particular, you know, I mean, in terms of the scene as a whole, the kind of the heavier music, the rockier scene, um, in the in the modern day, you know, you, you do get bands who you know tend to sing about things that don't go very deep, you know, and can kind of come off in a in, in more of a kind of throwaway sense and things like that. I mean, do you think that that's a shame in this day? You know, do you think that the bands should be kind of uh, you know looking to to raise awareness on things and to address issues that like like we've been talking about that you know maybe aren't so easy to talk about and people do need help on? Do you, do you think there is a sense of that bands should should do that? I would like to see more bands do it for sure. But at the same time, I definitely understand where a lot of these bands are coming from with like just the more surface level, like um, uh, cheesy or like gimmicky things. Like, like I, I get it, you know, like that's where they're going to make money. And like, if you're just in it to to be a, a musician who can pay the bills, like fine, that's, that's okay. And obviously I don't want to name any names, but like, you know, I've seen my fair share and I know, I know a lot of people probably like know the, the type of band that I'm talking about here, but, um, I definitely wish that more bands took a stand, uh, for things that are important. You know, we, we've been given a platform and we've been so lucky to be able to reach the amount of people that we, you know, are able to reach. And, and for me, it's like, why wouldn't I do everything in my power to use my platform for the greater good and for a good cause, you know, like why would I let that go to waste on cheesy gimmicky stuff that really doesn't have any sort of deeper like meaning or any sort of, um, I, I guess like uh, value or, or, or something like that. And I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit, but you, you know what I mean? Like, like, I, I feel like we as musicians um, have sort of, we, we sort of owe it to the people that are, are supporting us and that are doing so much. Like, we would be nothing without our fan base. So, 
so I feel like we need to be um, giving back, and that's why I've, I've always wanted to, um, you know, spread awareness for things like mental health and, um, in this case, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia. Like, I want to always, like, work towards bettering our community and, and, and giving back as much as possible because I feel like I've been so lucky to be able to do the things that I've done and to be where I'm at in my life. And again, to have my platform that I only want to be able to help give back to others because of that, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And I totally respect that. I think that's awesome. And, you know, in terms of the album going forward as well, you know, obviously we, we sadly aren't seeing you on the, on the knuckle puck tour now. Um, what are the plans going into 2018 with it? You know, are there very much a lot of plans in motion to, to bring this album out to as many people as possible? Yeah, man. Well, we actually, you know, we should be um, in Europe and UK right now, actually. We were supposed to be on tour with the, you know, the second leg of the knuckle puck run and unfortunately ended up getting pulled, which we were heartbroken about, man. Like, I had been looking forward to going to um, Europe and the UK for so long, man. I was so, so bummed out. But, um, you know, at the same time, we respect knuckle puck's decision and we support them and, um, Joe, you know, is going through some stuff and he needs to just recover. He needs to get better. And, and we're all about that. So, you know, it is what it is. It's a bummer, but, um, there will be other opportunities for us to get out there and, and, you know, we're just going to take it, you know, as every day comes and see, you know, what opportunities, um, come up. But, um, for right now, there's not really anything sort of set in stone we're kind of we're kind of just chilling until um like march we've got a headliner coming up uh, it's a, just a u.s headliner that um we're really excited about it's our first ever headlining tour we've never done anything like this before so we're really really interested to see what it's like and i think it'll be a good opportunity for movements to kind of establish our value and our worth as a band um because we've only ever done support tours up until now so um, we're really excited about that. We're taking out some bands that we really, really like. And, um, that was fun because we got to choose, you know, the bands that we thought, you know, should get some exposure and, um, have put together a cool tour package around that idea. So I'm really, really excited about that. But honestly, other than that, we don't have anything, um, super planned out yet. We're still trying to figure out what we're going to do next summer. Um, Again, we're trying to figure out if there's a way for us to reschedule to get over to the UK and Europe. Um, maybe, you know, this winter, like February sometime, or if not, if not then, then maybe, you know, early, early spring. Um, but yeah, we're just not, we're not sure, man. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy right now. So, um, yeah, just kind of playing it by ear, you know, taking it how it comes and whatever happens, happens. It, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I got my fingers crossed for you guys coming over here. Um, I mean, as well, you know, I guess to kind of finish up as well, you know, the, the album and, and your sound in general is very eclectic, you know, and it's it, it's quite unique as well, very unique. Um, and a lot of that kind of stems from from the kind of aspect of uh, spoken word poetry as well, you know, and I, I know that's something that you're very passionate about. And it, was that really interesting to be able to to expand on across the album? Does it link in really, really well with with wanting to talk about these topics and that sort of thing across the album? Absolutely. Yeah. I love spoken word poetry and I've always been a fan of, of spoken word, like not just, you know, not just bands and musicians who incorporate spoken word into their music. Like I, I genuinely love just straight up poetry and I'll go and I'll watch like, um, there's a, there's a channel on YouTube that I really, really am fond of. Um, and it's called button poetry, B U T T O N poetry. Um, 
and it's like amazing. You know, the, the, I think a lot of like where the emotional like value comes in here is like a lot of the poems that I love the most have to deal with really, really heavy issues. Like whether it be, you know, depression and anxiety or like obsessive compulsive disorder or, um, you know, family issues or, um, you know, hearing, uh, people of color, you know, poets who are, who are, um, talking about their struggles, um, you know, with racism and stuff like it, it's so, it's just so heavy and so beautiful. And I think, I feel like there's such an amazing way that, um, people can just create art with just, um, the use of the English language. And I think that's so, so incredible because like, you know, there is no music behind it and there's no visual like performance aspect. It's literally just words, but the way that people can create words and make them so profound and like, so like artistic is like, it's always been like a really big passion of mine. And so, um, I've definitely wanted to incorporate that into our music for a long time. Obviously there's, there's bands who do this sort of thing too. Like, um, you know, a lot of spew hotel books, for instance, are both like, you know, big into the spoken word thing. Um, but you know, movements, we always kind of wanted to take all of the aspects of, of songs and, and bands that we like, you know, whether it's, you know, bands that are heavily spoken word or bands that have no spoken word or whatever. And we always just wanted to kind of take everything that we've ever been inspired by and smash it into one thing. And I think that movements is sort of that, you know, that outcome of all of these different styles that have become one. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I like, I like doing spoken word because it gives me the opportunity to say a lot and not be, um, hindered by, you know, having to stay within a certain key of a song or within a certain, um, you know, uh, melodic structure or cadence of, of any sort. I can kind of just be free flowing with it. And I, and I really like that about it. So, um, I definitely think it's something that we're going to keep for, um, I mean, I think throughout our music, like while we're a band, I think that it's something that just really means a lot to all of us and, and kind of really defines movements. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so as I say, just a band that really kind of captured people's hearts, I think. Tamsin, you into it? Yeah, I mean, just listening to that interview has made me want to go and listen to every single thing they've ever written. Um, because it sounds right up my street. Um, <laughs> it but, is. Uh, I, like, I, I've really gotten into stuff like spoken word poetry, and I really like hotel books, which is the same sort of thing. It's, it started as uh, spoken word poetry and developed into this really raw and emotional sound. Um, and just going from like everything he was talking about, about making a point of having relatable music that that's, you know, not written by five different people in the studio. It's like, it's come directly from the heart, everything he sings, he means. And like, you know, what he was saying about why wouldn't he use this platform that he's got to talk about things that are important and like, you know, give their music a voice. Um, and I, th- I like I completely agree with him. I feel like a lot of bands have lost that and they're making music just because they think it's cool to be in a band, which it is, but there's more there's more to rock and roll than like leather jackets and dancing around on stage. Um, <laughs> Since when? <laughs> but like just, yeah, like I, I totally get everything he was talking about and just, I really feel like that he's, I was gonna say something then. Which was gonna come sound like a pun. It's not meant to at all. But I was gonna Go say on. it sound like they're making movements <laughs> and making a movement with 
what they're doing, what they're creating. <laughs> I see what you did. Um, <laughs> not meant to be a pun, but um, it's a good pun. Yeah, no, generally, I think I think what what, what they're doing and what they're <laughs> planning and what they want to do with their music is very important, and uh, I am now going to go and listen to them. Oh, big time. Yeah, Feel Something's an absolute banger. I mean, yeah, he's, especially Patrick as well. He's kind of such an individual and kind of brilliant dude. It's made me kind of like what you've said. I just want to delve into that band even more. I'm kind of fascinated by him. Jack? Um, biggest thing about Moons because they, they are such a sad band. Like, <laughs> like, like, the, like, All about their, the like their music. It's, so, it's left with sad. so sad. And that's great. Um, and I think it's when you hear like loads of bands say it's like how they use their music and their musical output as like therapy for their own things. But that's in some cases that's a very easy thing to like, say. But when when you're doing it to the level that movements are, and it's what Patrick said about using his voice for the greater good, which is a huge thing because usually in music it can like you can pour your emotions out. Like or force yourself to feel something just for the sake of it because like oh well I'm feeling a bit I'm going to write a sad song because I feel like I have to but like actually using your music when you're like channeling your emotions like these deep emotions that you're feeling to like genuinely help someone else or like build on something which is like can make a difference like I mean like you say feel something it's a very it's a very direct title this album it does it doesn't otherwise it does make you feel something <laughs> um but it it is like yeah, I'm, yeah what about I'm, that pun like oh yeah oh, oh, yeah, God, oh yeah. yeah i'm just as bad <laughs> um but like it, it is that feeling that like knowing like having the initiatives like well i can actually use this platform that i've got and it is a platform because like a lot of kids are really responding to what Patrick's saying and like the music movements are making like the buzz around this at the minute like you can tell like people loving it on Warped Tour earlier this year but like leaning into this album like there's something going on there's something seriously stirring here and I think it's just gonna like it's gonna burst very soon and like be massive yeah I think so I really hope so um, I mean yeah and he's you know obviously unfortunately we didn't get him on the uh, the KP tour that was supposed to be right now so um, hopefully at some point hopefully early next year it, we're going to get him. It, it feels as though we have like a new voice it does like uh, that and the good ones don't come along very often so I think it's it's the start of something Totally exciting, man. Brilliant stuff. So, third interview. Say, it's a blockbuster for our final regular podcast of the year. So, this has been making waves online already. Uh, we've been posting this on our website and our socials. Dennis Stoff, ex-Ask Alexandria vocalist. We uh, we managed to get him and we had a chat all about what's been going on with him because since leaving Asking, you know, it's been quite quiet, you know, on the surface for Dennis, not behind the scenes. So, uh, we wanted to kind of find out what was going on with him and he told us absolutely everything. So, this is exclusive stuff. This is the full interview for you guys. We know you guys have been fascinated by it out there. So, here we go. Mr. Dennis Stoff on the Rockstar Podcast. Let's go. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about what you're doing, really. I mean, obviously, you know, you've spoken a lot about what you've been doing on Twitter and that sort of thing. It's all quite mysterious. So we just kind of wanted to get into that, really. So, um, so yeah. I'm trying to keep my social media up, but <laughs> I've 
been quite busy. I've been. It's been a very busy year for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds really exciting. So yeah. So well, let's, you've been say you've been teasing a lot about a new band's new music on on social media. You're calling it something fresh. What can you reveal to us about the project at this point? Well, uh, honestly, um, that's pretty much all that I do these days. That's first and foremost. Uh, things are going to be very exciting. It's lots of good music. I surrounded myself with very talented people, so I cannot wait, man. In terms of style, does it kind of uh, does it reflect kind of things you've done in the past? Is it still kind of in the heavy realm, or is this something very different entirely? It's 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 different, but it's not going to be as heavy as it used to be. I can't I can't even mark it with some certain tag. Honestly, people just need to hear this new stuff. Wow, so it's all, you've kind of branched into a lot of new things then. I mean, do you think genre is even really that important a thing anymore, especially in this day and age when people listen to so much different music? Do you think it's, do you think it's really even needed? I guess to some people it is, but not, not to me. I don't really care. I just want to play music that I really love, you know? We grow, we evolve as music musicians, as, as artists, as songwriters. So we just always want to do something new, something fresh. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, based on, like, your previous bands and that sort of thing, how have these experiences been? Has this been a, a much more positive kind of songwriting process? Or, like, take us inside that a bit. How's it been? Every every album that I've actually worked on has been an incredible uh, story, honestly. Um, this this one, I, I'd say I had the most uh, amount of freedom, if that's the right way to put it out, uh, while I was working on it. So, yeah, you guys will see. You guys will see how it all turns out. Awesome, yeah, because you also mentioned that, you know, you, you've had a lot of songs that you, you put down kind of between 2012 and 2017 that you haven't been able to release and that sort of thing. I mean, I spent at least an album that I did not release, that I couldn't release. <laughs> oh, man, so you, so you literally physically weren't allowed to release that? Yeah, pretty much. Asking didn't really want us to uh, put out any other music other than the black. So I mean, I was I was definitely down with that back in the day. Oh man, that's a shame. I, I mean, did any of those make the cut, or is that stuff that's very much just going to be kept to yourself? I don't think it's relevant anymore. It's like heavier metalcore. It used to be, but I'm in, I'm writing a whole different kind of set of music these days. Definitely, yeah, and it's very exciting. I mean, as I say, you know, you mentioned asking. I mean, like, um, looking back on that, you said, you know, say it's very sort of uh, every album you've made has been an incredible experience. I mean, looking back on The Black, are you still very proud of that album? Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. It's been nothing but good times. I've learned a lot while I was in Asking Alexandria. There's no bad blood between us. I had to leave the band for a very, very private reason, but... um, it was nothing but great time. The black is the tits. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really awesome to hear. And to say sorry to hear about you know problems you had. And I mean, in terms of so in terms of looking back on that, then was it? It was a very positive experience. Then did you kind of, did you learn a lot from that period? Absolutely, man. I mean, I've gained such a massive fan base too. So it's win-win, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you know, as well, look about your previous bands, you know, like Make Me Famous and Down and Dirty and stuff like that, you know. I mean, how do you feel looking back on those now as well? I mean, is it is is, is it all that again? Is it all kind of you're very proud of everything that you've done with those bands too? I'm proud of it, but it, it all sounds funny to me these days, honestly. It's like, get ready for real shit. 
<laughs> yeah. In what sense is it? Do you just do you feel that this is much kind of what the stuff you've been working on now is much kind of fresher and it's just a bit more true to you as an artist? Absolutely. I mean, I was like 18, 19 when I was working on those bands like Make Me Famous and Down and Dirty. So, yeah. I'm 25 right now and I'm definitely open to a whole different new perspectives in music. With the whole end of the asking era as well, I mean, did it was it just kind of that you you needed to do what was right for you essentially, and kind of like you said, there's no bad blood or anything like that. Was it all very much about just doing what was right for you as a person? Well, uh, honestly, uh, I don't even know where to begin with on this one. It's been it's been a year. It's been a very tough decision for me, but I had to leave the band because, as my you've heard before. Uh, I'm I'm a Ukrainian guy. I'm originally from Ukraine, and there was too much shit happening in back, pretty much back home where I'm originally from. It's a legit war zone right now, so that was an incredible stress for me and my family. I just had to stop touring for a second, and I had to focus on my family and all the things that were happening back then, back there. I'm very sorry to hear that, man. I mean, that sounds really, really difficult. I, I mean, was that particularly hard then, you know, having to do things like warp tour and kind of, you know, get both get used to a, to a band that were pre-existing? Touring was fantastic, man. I, I honestly, like, it felt, it felt like home. Asking Alexandria felt fantastic for me. But unfortunately, the guys were not ready to wait for me and the things that I had to fucking deal with. I mean, like in terms of, of kind of looking back, then would, are you? Are you? I mean, are you? Ple- I say not pleased, but I mean, are you? Are you kind of? Are you in a much better place now? Was it very much the right decision? And do you kind of feel that, like you say, it, it is positive looking back on all of it. Every decision that we make, man, they lead us to the things that are actually naturally ours and essentially ours, you know. So, I'm very excited to see where this new band and this new record is going to bring me in life and in the music industry for sure yeah did, did um, the things that you learned on the black you know and that you did creatively because there was a lot going on on that record like have, have those kind of influenced the uh the kind of the things that you're doing with the new stuff in that you know the creative risks and that sort of thing has that very much had an impact on on how you've you've written the songs um not really honestly all the i'm always writing about the things that i feel at some certain um time in my life so this whole record was more about, um, I don't even know, just lots of personal things, lots of personal thoughts rather than uh, songs that I uh, would be writing about asking Alexandria or stuff like that. I didn't at all. Asking Alexandria was nothing but great times in my life. Awesome. So, so those guys were just really cool and like you had a, you know, they really welcomed you in. It, it, just, it just kind of, that's just the way things happened, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All the things that we've achieved in such a short time with Asking Alexandria, man, it fucking felt like I graduated Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> so, great time, great time. No, I, I bet, I bet. That sounds amazing. I, I mean, was it tough on you? Was that period tough on you, like, vocally as well? Because obviously, you know, you were having to record an album and also go straight into heavy touring and that sort of thing. Like, was that, was that quite overwhelming in that sense? Or, or again, was it, was, it just, was it just a really good time? Just a tiny bit, but it was just another thing to deal with daily, you know? Definitely not a bad struggle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, going into 2018 then with, you know, these new songs and that sort of thing, are we going to be hearing a lot from you? Like, is this going to be a kind of early 2018 reveal or kind of what can we expect? 
Honestly, I've been ready to release new music for quite uh, for quite a while now. Um, I think we finished up uh, the writing this uh, past August, and we've been ready to hit the studio. We're just figuring everything out uh, with Sumerian Records. We're gonna resign with them. So yeah, uh, we're, we're definitely aiming for a release quite soon, soon enough at least. Amazing, yeah, because as well, you said, you know, it's kind of with that weight to release this stuff. I mean, has that been quite frustrating if you just really wanted to, to get this stuff out there as, as soon as you possibly can? How, dude, I cannot even express how fucking annoying that is. You just sit here and wait, you know. But I know one thing, once it's all launched, we're going to be releasing lots of music, lots of music videos. We're thinking about releasing a, a little mixtape after we release a record because... There's just too much music, and we want, we, we we just want it all out. Very cool. So it's very exciting. I mean, in terms of you know, I mentioned that you, um, I saw that you'd use the word mixtape actually on on Twitter as well. I mean, like, it, does that kind of hint at, uh, like, say, we've been talking about different genres and that sort of thing? Does that kind of hint at maybe a foray into sort of you know a more hip hop sort of world, or or is it is 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 this? I mean, maybe you can't reveal too much, but kind of what 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 might that entail? Honestly, we just want to show a little different part to what we already have in store for people. This record is one certain sound. This mixtape is gonna uh, it's gonna have a little bit different sound. I don't know. I don't. I cannot even really speak up on this one just yet because it's all in works. It's all it's it's all an idea right now. But we're definitely doing it. Awesome. That's very cool. And you're very excited to get back on the road as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, I'm thinking we're going to be on uh, on the road entire 2018. Wow, yeah, because I mean, it sounds like, like you say, I mean, you, you sounds like you know you're so positive about your experiences on the road and that sort of thing. I mean, has it been quite hard to to be away from that as well and to not be able to you know, like you say, you've been waiting to get the songs out to people. Has it been quite hard not being on the road? It's, it sounds like you're so at home when you're on it. Yeah, man, I, I enjoy my time in the studio and back home, but being on the road, being on tour is the best thing in the world, at least to me. I feel like I belong to that certain thing in this world. Definitely, yeah, because as well, I mean, I guess as well, you know, looking back, you know, say on, um, you know, you've done a lot of these things in the heavier realm and that sort of thing. How did you find those scenes to, to work in, you know, and be a, be a guitarist and then a front man in? Was it, was, did you enjoy being in the kind of the heavier side of things and that kind of warp scene? Or you said you loved warp tour and like, how was that? Or is it something that you, uh, you, you know, you'd still like to keep a foot in or, or kind of how did you find those experiences? Speaking of Warp Tour, it's such a bummer that they're going to do the last tour this oh, year. Oh, man, I know. Honestly, no matter what, in store, what, what is in store for us, I would love to do that tour. I would love to do it again. It was nothing but great times, man. You just get to meet so many cool people all around the world if you want to. I guess as well then sort of going into 2018 then I mean um, is it's kind of what what can we kind of where can we expect to will it just be kind of you know will you maybe even be coming you know over to the UK or to the States and that sort of thing is that kind of would you do you want to go as far and wide as possible absolutely man absolutely all across the world that's the plan yeah, so a lot to talk about. I mean, this has been a real talking point online. You know, people seem to be really, really intrigued by what Dennis has been up to. Um, Jack, what are you making of the whole thing? I think it's nice to hear from Dennis, which is the main thing, because the way that the scene is at the minute, it's such a mill of rumours and opinions and, like, just 
everyone sticking their oar in to have their say about something. But to have Dennis come in and say it right and say that this is what's happened and not be angry, not be like pissed, pissed off about anything, but actually going, I was like, he loved his time in asking. And you can tell like he did like, yeah, like the opportunity that it gave him after like the bands before, like it's, you can tell like he really holds that time dear, but also like it's the level of music that he seems to be making now. Like it's quite exciting to see that, everything's going to spill out at once it seems like he's, it it just sounds like he's when people think that someone's just like being quiet for the sake of being quiet like he's actually been working and like working as it sounds pretty hard on whatever this could be like we don't know what form it's going to take it's probably going to be heavy as holy hell or <laughs> whatever um but yeah yeah it's really af- after the time and like because it did, from our side, it looked quite messy, what was going on. To have everything levelled out and, like, on a clear field for him going into 2018, it's quite exciting. It is, yeah, yeah. Like you say, I mean, to hear him being so positive about asking was really, really cool. Um, you know, and it feels like you say that, it, it, you know, maybe it wasn't as messy as it appeared. And to kind of have the asking guys on the show a few weeks ago and now this with Dennis, it feels like, you know, kind of two really brilliant things have kind of come from that situation, which is great. I mean, I love that he called the black the tits. That was brilliant. Um, and like, yeah, just really excited to hear what's coming because it sounds like it's a really eclectic, again, that kind of no genre thing. Love it. Tamsin? As you said, like originally, it it looked quite messy, um, like the the fallout with asking and everything. But it's it you know it as Jack said, it's nice to hear that there is no bad blood. I think I think it would have been so easy for him to come back and drop this like beefy salty diss track, mm. um, at, just just for like people to gossip and you know mm. talk about it and spread rumors and stuff like it would be and the the internet would have lapped up so quickly and oh yeah dog on hot chips yeah <laughs> yeah don't know what that means but sure um northern expression it's, right? it's, <laughs> it's, it's a northern thing yeah okay sure um yeah like uh, and he probably could have quite easily done that he could you know he could have played on it if he even mm. if he wanted to but you know, as he said, he was like, you know, his time in asking Alexandria, his time on Warped Tour was some of the best moments of his life. He still loves that album. Uh, he he loved being on the road with them. He loved working with them. He loved being in the band with them. Things just don't didn't work out. That happens. It's life. And, you know, as he said, he like there was an actual war happening in my home country. I had some stuff to do, which is fair enough when you're in that situation. And like I feel like there's there's a lot. You know, now he's older. There's a lot of experience. There's a lot of things he's learned. There's a lot of stuff he's been through, but it's just all just going to come together and make whatever it is he's creating. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what he comes out with. Yeah, really awesome. Couldn't agree more. Like, I think it's just really exciting, like you say. I mean, we don't know what's coming from him, and that's the most exciting thing of all, really. So huge shout out to Dennis for coming on. A uh, little message from Dennis as well saying to shout out all his fans for sticking by him. Really, really cool stuff. And yeah, more on that when we hear whatever his new projects are, I guess.
Banging. <laughs> so we are coming to an end, but of course, who shout out to our Roxanne Awards powered by EMP.co.uk. Roxanne Awards issue is on sale now at awards.roxanne.tv. Head over there, get your Roxanne Award bundle, get all 10 of our limited edition covers with all 10 of our very special winners. Absolutely amazing. Exclusive interviews, exclusive posters from their uh, Roxanne Awards cover shoots, Roxanne Awards sticker, the top 50 releases of 2017, so much more. All the Roxanne Awards podcasts, full uncut, are on SoundCloud and iTunes right now for you guys to listen to absolutely amazing check it all out one of the most exciting things we've ever been a part of brilliant stuff follow us on Spotify of course our updated rock sound chart is there we've cracked my heart by the brilliant tonight alive at number one absolutely amazing follow us on there and the Scuzz TV show our rock sound awards episode is on right now daily on Scuzz absolutely brilliant guys end of 2017 what the hell happened I don't know it was July like yesterday (laughs) generally was like generally to think like, we started, like, preparing this podcast in June. I know. And here we are at the end of the year. Madness. How? Mad. What? It's how? It's what? Uh, uh, what? It's been all right, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been it's all been right. Been time. Yeah. It's, it's been good. It's it's certainly been something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's so much more to yeah. come. Uh, words out of my mouth. So much more to come in 2018. Can't reveal it yet, but absolutely brilliant stuff. We can't wait to be back. But that's not all. We are going to have some very special things for you guys over Christmas. So stay tuned for those. Oh yeah. Yeah, big time. Uh, can't reveal them yet, of course. But yes, yeah, stay tuned, guys. It's been good. It's been emotional, and we yeah. will see you as a trio in 2018. Merry Merry Christmas, (laughs) everyone. Merry Christmas. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.